Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Breaking Through with Apollo. We're here with a very special guest today, Ramani Lia. For those that know, Ramani, and the casting director of Criminal Minds, The Strain, and Bates Motel. Thank you for coming out today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, for those that don't know, I originally butchered the name completely. So, in real life, it's Ramani, not Ramani. I was almost going to let it fly, but I thought we would be mad at me later. Uh, yes, so. this is almost going to be my last spot. <laughs> now we got that clear. So, actually, before we get into all the questions, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about what's affecting everyone. And we were talking a little bit about mm-hmm. it before the interview started, mm-hmm. about the whole corona situations, quarantine. I'd just love to kind of hear about what you think about A, how is it affecting your personal Mm. life? Because everyone deals with it differently. I know on my side, I've definitely in the beginning had a lot of anxiety about it and slowly I've gotten used to it. And then Mm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of how you think it will affect our, like also Mm. no one knows for sure, but like how you think it will affect our industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as everyone else, you know. I mean, I was working on something that was shut down, and it, it was really it's just been a roller coaster of emotions. Um, at first, it was kind of, you know, a lot of people joked about it. They weren't really sure what to make out of it. We thought maybe a couple weeks. All right, we're all gonna you know play board games and, and binge Netflix for two weeks, and then this will be over. And then you know things started to change, and so I've kind of just gone through this this up and down of, you know, okay, another two weeks. Okay. You know, now the anxiety, you know, starts to creep up and then you start to think, um, how, how is this going to affect our industry and how has it already affected our industry? You know, what damage has already been done? And like we were talking about earlier, you saying that there's been some layoffs at the agencies and these companies that can't survive. And that's just, this is my community, you know, and it's, it's really heartbreaking to hear. Um, but, I, but I feel that, you know, I mean, we rely so much in our specific industry on human interaction, you know, with our actors, we can't do anything without them. So it's just, um, it, it's been really hard. Um, and, you know, now we're just kind of in this limbo state of not really knowing what to think or what to do. Um, I do, as far as how I think things might progress, you know, there, no one really has the answer. Um, there are speculations out there. There's articles that you can read, um, from what I have read and sort of what my own intuition has kind of come up with is that I do think there's going to be, you know, what we do know is that social distancing is going to be around for a pretty long time. Right. Um, Obviously, you can't social distance two actors on set who are supposed to be making out. You know, like it's just not going to happen. So we're we're going to have to be strategic. And like we were saying, there's you're going to see smaller crews, which is hard in itself. To all that you know, many times we take you know we'll we'll take a couple more PAs. Why not? You know, and and that's just not going to happen anymore. Um, And then I think what's going to happen with the actors is that there's going to be a lot of testing involved, you know, um, and then they're going to be essentially quarantined away from their families. In my opinion, I I mean, it would have to be right. Because during during the whole shoot. 
No, to, 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 well, I guess so. Two weeks to, prior. Right? I mean, for during, they would have to schedule it in, in such a specific way so that people aren't spread out a lot so that they could quarantine and then shoot their part. And then, oh God, it's such a, I mean, I can't imagine what a, what a nightmare. It's, 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 it's logistically, sorry to, to talk over you there, but it's, it's, it's logistically really hard to do, but it's also cost-wise, and we were talking mm. about this a little bit earlier, how do you pull it off cost-wise? And if you're a big show, you're probably fine maybe, and big budget yeah. films, obviously, yes. But what about all those small indie movies? What about the smaller production? Maybe a lot of pilots? That, yep. How do you yeah. make that work? You I know? mean, that's, that's the devastating part of all of this, is I, I don't see a world in which the, these indie movies can survive this. I, you know, a lot of people will come to us when we're working on a big show, like a CBS show, Netflix show, and say, you know, um, you have all the money in the world. Why can't you give them a raise or blah, blah, blah. But it, it's, it's not that simple. You know, yes, there is a lot of money in the overall pot, but you can't just like draw from all these different, you know, pots. And, and so I think that the studios are going to be affected by it. They are already. I mean, especially at the, the theatrical release level. I mean, that's just insane, you know? Um, and so I, I don't, yes, there's some reserves there, but I don't think that they're going to be, I don't really know if they're going to just be so eager to get content out there that they're just going to push it out or if they're going to be a little more strategic. Um, that, that's, I kind of go back and forth between the two of that. Two I guess, of those I guess like, I'm always a little bit like, like optimistic that we'll yeah. innovative ways to change things for the better. Like one of the things that I noticed on Amazon, and I'm sure you've noticed too, is that they released some theater movies on there. Yeah. You pay, I think it's like a premium price you pay to see. I actually haven't seen any of them, but like you pay yeah. premium price to see one of them. And I was like, that's interesting because why not? You know what I mean? You can yeah. still a good amount maybe through that. I don't know how successful it is being right now. I really yeah. have no idea. I mean, I'd be but, curious you know. to know because it's cheaper. You're not paying as much money to see the movie, but you have probably more reach maybe. Yeah. yeah so I'm curious what that looks like. Like I'd love um, to know what the numbers are on that because yeah. that's something that it's it's sad for the actual movie theaters yeah. because I don't yeah. see how they're gonna recover because this year most people they might go to the movie theaters whenever they're allowed yeah. but it's like you're also gonna have some fear you know it's yeah. like why risk it when you can stay home and just watch just yeah TV? especially if they're giving people the option of seeing these movies at home yeah that's that's gonna be I I, I think that's gonna be really sad I think we're gonna start to see some of these smaller movie theaters that aren't part of the, you know, big mega chains start to close down, which is really sad. I have, um, I'm in kind of the outskirts of LA. I'm in Agora Hills and there's this really like cute movie theater right in Agora. That's so like, you can, it just feels like one of those old school neighborhood movie theaters. And I, and I love it so much. And I, I worry that that's going to go away too, you know? I mean, that's, 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 that's the worry, you know, like, I, like, mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of things that are going to go away for sure. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. I also think that there will be new things that pop up. I mean, in yeah. any crisis, new companies, new ideas get built. So mm -hmm. I think there will obviously be something. But right now, it's kind of like we're at the beginning of it, kind of. So yeah. Right now, it's like you're only going to see the negatives and, and the repercussions. And it's going to be a yeah. while before we're like, oh, this came out of it, which is good. You know? Yeah. I'm so curious to see if there will be more of a rise of like sitcoms and stuff again, which have like the one set. Mm -hmm instead of all the online yes. shooting, like if you yes. see a lot more sets being, because you know, mm -hmm. Tyler Perry Studios in Georgia has like this humongous compound. Yeah. Told they're, they might shoot back in July already, but 
I think they're going to wow. put in the actors within the compound or something like that. It's wow. Yeah, oh my god knows for sure these are all just ideas just like yeah. reading online ideas it's like yeah. no one knows like I, I heard from a friend hbo was thinking of starting in september the earliest but it's like no one knows you know yeah yeah i mean we'll see what this these different phases as they open up we'll see what that does you know and if it's catastrophic again then back to the drawing board i guess yeah exactly yeah you know so to kind of switch gears a little bit about mm -hmm. you, um, what was your kind of story starting out in casting? Mm -hmm. What was, you know, your origin, so to speak? Yeah. So I was a theater major before I did a, any, I didn't know anything else. That's kind of what I grew up doing. Um, but I soon realized that I, I, I chose this degree because I didn't know what else to do, but I, I didn't necessarily want to make a career out of it. Um, so I thought the smarter thing to do was to go for a film degree because that's very reliable. Um, and so I, I better, <laughs> you feel better. I took philosophy in undergrad, that's potentially more useless. <laughs> no, no one tells you these things. You're just like, that sounds good. That sounds interesting. That sounds fun. You know? Um, so I, I didn't know anything about filmmaking. I wasn't a film buff at all. Um, but I, I applied to the film school and I just figured, you know, if I get in, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll take it as a sign, whatever. So um, that goes through. And I don't really have any skills to bring to the table. You know, everyone in the film school is like, oh, I, you know, I've watched, uh, I watch a movie every single day and I make my own short films and all this stuff. And I was like, I, I don't even know how to like, I've never seen an editing software. I, I didn't know anything, but I knew all the theater actors from the theater department and around the community. Um, so the only really thing that I could bring to the table was casting these actors in everyone's shorts. And I was, I kind of became that go-to person and it kind of made me realize that this is something I really enjoy. Um, still being part of that, you know, acting community, but still working with filmmakers and, and being part of something creative. And so I took that with me when I moved to LA um, but it was definitely a lot, <laughs> a lot more different than just, oh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to pick whoever we want and yeah. that's it. <laughs> so what was uh, it like yeah. when you got to LA, I guess, what was kind of like a big break if you had that moment? Yeah. Like it was a Honestly, moment where you were like, this was a big break or big like momentum yeah. changer. You know, I got really lucky because when I started, internships were still a big thing and that you didn't have to be in school for them. I know ever since the whole black swan lawsuit, they kind of became obsolete. I, I, you know, that was, that came way after me. So, um, when I, when I got here, that was kind of like what you had to do because casting it, it's a learned skill, you know, it, it's really, it's, there's a lot you have to really learn and, and you can't really, they won't hire you unless you know how to do it. Um, so it's like, what are you supposed to do? Um, so really my, the biggest break was just getting that internship. Um, and I was just fortunate enough to an actress that I had hired back in film school, who we later have become like the best of friends. She was an actress interning at this office. It was April Webster's office. Um, and this is before I, I actually started working with her cause I, I went away and did a bunch of other stuff and then came back to her. But um, she was like, hey, they're, they're looking for one more intern. There's like, like a camp of like five of us or something. Um, and I was like the Friday intern. And, and honestly, once I, once I kind of got started there, I was like, wow, I have a lot to learn, you know? Um, but I was so fortunate to work with her and um, Erica Silverman-Bream was there, who again is just 
yeah. one of my most famous people on the planet. And Mike Page was an assistant there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, we all kind of like grew up together, but I, I was fortunate to that be my first kind of taste of it and just see what wonderful people there are out there. Um, and then from there, I just, you know, it was easy for me to bounce around and intern at other offices. I dabbled at an agency for a hot second, that was definitely not for me. And then went back, um, to April, um, as an assistant. And then she really just kind of, you know, brought me up with her, which was really amazing. And, that, and one thing that you said there that I kind of want to go back on, and maybe maybe it's a harder question, but you mm-hmm. talked about how you have to learn how to get good at casting. Mm-hmm. So how, how does it kind of like work for you? Like, is it when you decide to cast people or you're choosing people, you just go on feeling a lot or do you have like some kind of like strategy or formula? Like, how does it work? You know, I've learned a lot over the years and, and definitely there's kind of two sides to learning, you know, casting and one there's a lot of there's a lot of technical stuff that you have to know you know that i had there's all these programs that we use and just the format of doing lists and and all of these things that we have to do so that was one side of the learning curve but i i you know was fortunate to have a bulk of my learning experience from april because just hearing the way that she gives actors direction and sometimes I, I wouldn't see what she sees but she would kind of explain what she sees and then I would see it and, and it just really kind of tweaked my mind a different way and, and it, um, it was just really interesting um, so it, yeah it's it is you know it's definitely a feeling um, but you start to learn things along the way like she was always able to tell the difference between a not so great actor and a really great actor who's just having an off day or is really nervous. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. And so you kind of learn, it's like, Oh, you're right. Like they, they get it, but there's something stopping them, but they're, but they're a smart actor. There's just, there's an element that's getting in their way. And so we're going to keep working together. I will always remember the time that she worked with this one actor who in my mind, I was like, Oh, he's never going to get it. Like he's like next, you know, but she just really saw something so special in him and she worked with him. I'm not joking for an entire hour. Um, she had, she actually, he came in and read and she just couldn't stop thinking about him and she had him come back and was like, we're going to work on this. Cause it was like one of those things where you put it on tape for producers and she just sat there and it was like a a straight up one hour coaching session that this guy got. Um, and he got the role, you know, as a, just a, a like, yeah, that's crazy. So I guess you learned that by experience, I guess, because Mm -hmm. that's something that I would also never think about. It wouldn't be like, I would just be like, not a good audition next. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would yeah. Think if she saw something and just like yeah. egged it out of him, basically. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Something is that an actor has that, even if in this scenario he didn't do a great read, but there was just like some kind of some. What do you think? It's been a, it's a hard question, you know. What is that something? It's it's you you can really tell the actor who is a a smart actor who asks smart questions who. Um, there's, they, they're, they are making really thoughtful choices, you know, not just like throwing spaghetti to the wall. I mean, they, they're think they're, they're, they're very intentional in everything that they do. And I talk a lot about being an intentional actor and what that means. And to me, there's just such a difference between an actor comes in, reads the lines, kind of just does what it says, you know. And there's difference between that and someone coming 
and, and asking really smart questions, listening to what we're telling them and really digesting that information, not rushing anything, you know, not thinking that our time is being wasted by them being there. I think that's something I see a lot where actors feel like, okay, I don't want to bore them or, you know, I don't want to waste their time. Like, let me rush through this, but that doesn't serve anybody. You know, so yeah, I think it's um, naturally a little bit of fear, you know, from actors sometimes. Yeah. Like not all, but like some have fear when they meet casting directors, which I think it's good. The one good thing about the whole Corona thing is everyone's been kind of more on social media and yeah. open like calls and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's like almost like made it like, hey, just normal people like everyone else. And it hopefully mm-hmm. takes away that fear because you're right. They are afraid to just like say things or ask even good questions because they're yeah. like, okay, I don't want to upset them. Like I should yeah. just do it. But just and you know, the question's it's, huge. Yeah. And I, and I don't blame them because I do hear a lot that they, they get information from so many people. You oh. know, there's a lot of conflicting information out there, whether it's their reps or an acting coach or another actor that says, don't waste their time. And you know, that, that, that sticks with them. So if someone tells them get in and out, I mean, they're going to take that with them. And, the, and that's why I, like you said, I think it's so great that we've opened ourselves up during this season to be, to spread some more truth out there. Yeah. You know, um, there's so many things that are said out there about casting directors and so few of them are being said from casting directors. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, that's always the part that's bugged me. Like, like I come from a different back. I've been doing management now, I guess, for almost six years, or maybe yeah, six years. Mm-hmm. I come from a different background, from different businesses that I've done. And it's always blown my mind how much advice gets given that to me always seemed like this is just your opinion and you have nothing backing that up. You have no yeah. for it, but you're stating it as a fact. And these actors yeah. as a fact. I think yeah. a lot of acting classes are quote unquote guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, I've, I've been in acting classes myself where the teacher would say something as such a fact. And now of course, when you go into so many different classes in LA, they all say something different. So eventually you start mm-hmm. to realize what's true for yourself. But yeah, the, some actors will go to one studio for this multiple years. And that one person, that one teacher becomes kind of their guru, so to mm-hmm. speak of like everything that's true about casting and industry and how to get jobs. And next thing you know, you have a person who just believes that one thinking. So I can't ask a single question. I got to get in, get out because that's yeah. class. get in, yeah. say your lines, get out. Don't waste their time. And that is a waste of time. That yeah. is a waste of time. Why are you driving across town? You know, hopefully we'll get to that point again, but why are you driving across town to, you know, go to a five o'clock audition? You, you stayed up late. Maybe you even paid for a coaching session to rush it. Nobody wants yeah. to watch a scene that's rushed especially if it's you know I mostly work on drama and that's something that I see a lot is actors rushing through these beats where okay you know you can come in and choose to rush that the next actor who comes in and and really sinks their teeth into that beat into that moment that makes us like wonder what they're thinking that person's gonna get the role yeah you know that makes complete especially for drama when it's so the silences are sometimes the most powerful yes 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 yeah I'm guilty of it of rushing it yeah yeah i, I, I lot, think everybody has that you know especially when i first my first couple of years in la it was a lot of times like you know it's, it's fast paced you know what i mean and 
but a lot of that the pacing comes from the editing a lot of times yes yes it's just on you there no one's editing back to us we're just on you we want to see what your reaction is like so that when the director does choose to cut back to you what do you look like you know um so those moments are important um yes pacing is something to be aware of yes you don't want to milk a moment just to do it you know like everything has to be intentional um but if there's like a realization happening like take your time with that you know something huge is going on up in your head like don't rush that i mean you wouldn't rush that in real life you know that, that's the, exactly it like in real life you're also not just you know not all the time you're, sometimes you're just like you're processing like, processing and I, that's a yeah that's a note that i give to actors a lot is like we go as humans, like we take a minute to process what yeah. the other person is saying, especially if it's a life changing thing that they're saying, you know, you don't just make a decision about it. Um, so yeah, it, it, I am glad that we're able to come together right now and kind of, you know, debunk a lot of these myths out there and motivations for doing this too, you know, is just to like yeah. get it from the people that are actually casting. Yeah instead of all these little rumors and people pretending to be experts when it's like, come mm -hmm. on, you don't know what, what it really is. Like you, you're just yeah. getting your damn opinion. And it's, you know, yeah. I, I kind of want, sorry to cut you off again, but like, I want to backtrack a tiny bit to what you were saying earlier with asking smart questions. Mm -hmm. what, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? Like let's give the examples of smart questions. A, an example is when you can tell that the actor really read the breakdown and took the breakdown into consideration with the choices that the actor made. So when I'm giving direction, they might say, um, if, if I'm saying, you know, you can be a little more, you know, animated about what I'm saying here or what, whatever the direction is. And then the actor will say, okay, I just want to, I just want to clarify because the breakdown says, you know, he is, a, he is more reserved. Like, is this a moment where he feels more safe to be, you know, more open with this person? Um, or does he like, what, like explain that to me a little more. Like, those are all smart questions because you, you're the actor making these choices behind the information we're giving you and you want to make sure you're making the right choice. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of a smart question, I would say. That's a good example, I feel like. Because I feel like sometimes actors do hear, like, let's say you say, like, oh, can you do this? And they're just like, they don't maybe even understand why, but they're just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eager to please. Yes. You know yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah. They just nod their head. They're like, oh, I, what I see all the time is, and I know act, no one's going to be able to see me doing this, but I'll try to explain it, where I'll say something and I can tell the actor is totally confused. And I, I mean, I've just gotten to the point now where I'm just like, what is it? Like, what are you confused about? Because the, their look on their faces, they're just like, okay, okay got it. And I'm like, you don't have it. Like, what, like, talk to me, you know? Like, I, I, let's make the most out of this time together. Like, what doesn't make sense? What confuses you? How can I reword the direction that makes sense to you? And then usually they'll figure it out. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a competition on who can get their audition done the fastest. That's, that's not how this works. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's such good advice and so good to hear, I think, for actors because it's like, they're just, and I get this with my actors too, and I always talk to them about this because sometimes they get so in their head about things. I know. They're just like not wanting to make a wrong move. And, and, and I tell them, I'm like, when you're thinking in that mentality, that's already yeah. Everything else yeah. is good for you to do. You know what I mean? Just yeah. 
for it, be you, but like, don't get all yeah. these fear thoughts. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Who cares? But like, yeah. don't go in with your fear because you have no chance. Yeah. What I'll say too is sometimes what I have noticed is that actors will have one bad audition, meaning not a bad audition, but a bad experience where they felt that maybe the casting director was having an off day and it was because of something they did and they take that with them to every office you know like this casting director i mean people have off days like casting directors have off days too and um i've seen it happen you know amongst other people that i've worked with and you know the i could tell the actor kind of took it the wrong way or whatever and so now they feel that all of us are lumped together and we, we, we have this expectation, you know, it's this, this expectation that they think we have when the only expectation is that you're going to come in and you've done the work and you're going to do some great work, you know? Um, I, I think there's a good hidden lesson in there, what you're saying too, because to me, when I was hearing that, I was thinking like sometimes actors tend to be a little bit too self-focused which makes yes. sense in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's very good. You know what I mean? But in some ways, it's not. Mm -hmm. you know, and I, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of an example when I've had actors take general meetings or whatever, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, what do I say? And what do I do? And how do I handle this? And it's like, I get that they're nervous about it, but it's also like, hey, make it less about you and also ask some questions. Get to know the other person. Mm -hmm. Don't just monologue for 15 minutes talking about no one. There's no, just use human psychology. There's no human that likes that. No, I mean, everyone likes to talk about themselves. We know casting directors like to talk about themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> ask yeah. a casting director about themselves. Ask them, you know, um, personal questions. I mean, we just like to talk, you know, like we, we do. We, we like to talk about life and, and other things other than casting. So, and then I, the thing about generals is they're so casual. It's really just like a meet and greet. Um, and there's, it's a literal no pressure um, situation, yeah. you know, and I think even in the audition process, it just, just that mentality is good to have in terms of like getting to know a person, because at the end of the day, since it's, we're all people and people want to work with people that they enjoy working with. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, so if you have to choose, and I don't know if it's probably true for you, but I'll ask you if you have to choose between two pretty equal actors, maybe not completely equal, but pretty equal. And you like them both mm -hmm. for the part if you like one person more as a person and you think they're going to be better on set, work better with people, whatever it is, probably going to lean towards that person. Yeah. I mean, I would, it depends on the amount of people I'm sending to producers. If I like someone and I think they have, they have a fair shot, I'm going to send all of them, really? you know, and I'll make, I'll let the producers decide. Yeah. Sometimes that is a situation where we have 10 people. We're like, we really just got a lot of great people for this role. We really need to narrow it down because they tend to get um, overwhelmed. Usually the way we'll decide is more um, like, do we have too many of the, the same type? Um, and so we'll just try to like make a variety. And then, yeah, if there's two people who are really, really similar in vibe, um, then maybe, yeah, that could be a factor. Maybe, you know, between these two, they're both really great. They're both really right for it. They're both really similar in looks. Um, but this person was a little attitude-y and, and this person wasn't, you know, sure. That could be a factor. <laughs> yeah. I want to continue with the, with the, with the, the process there. What's something that you look for? Let's start from the, I guess the beginning of the process when you're going through breakdowns and you're going through your, I guess 5,000, 6,000, whatever the, I know it's high, your number, 
and like when you that's go, a little high yeah, yeah when, when you're looking yeah. through it like i guess what are you looking for and what are you looking at yeah so that's a really common question and and it's really nothing specific you know we have these really in-depth concept meetings or concept calls about physically what we're looking for and qualities in each of these roles so that Yes, we have a breakdown, but that way we can really narrow down our minds because otherwise you are just looking at thousands of submissions and TV especially works really fast. You know, maybe we have to set up a session the next day and I need to get through 10,000 submissions. You know, that's a lot. So you really have to have your mind um, be able to, to tailor down some of these submissions. So, I mean, I don't look at the headshot for more than like a second or two because you're either physically in the realm of what they're looking for or you're not. You know, like who has time to actually go into the photo section? I, I, I don't, I don't. No. Um, and you like, since you're going through it, I'm sure you're, not, you're like most, and I feel like most people have told me this, that you're not really looking at the reels initially or looking at clips. Oh my or, gosh. That is all I look at. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I don't know who, like, I, I would love to chat more about, yeah. I mean, how, how else could I know? what an actor's capable of without watching their reel. Do you do that? Do you do that in the initial like process or do you first like go through headshots, get the look nope. and when you nope. narrow it down, you look at it, oh, you do it from the beginning. Oh yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, I, when I, when we release a breakdown, I like I fill up my big old water bottle, you know, like kick up my, my feet and I'm just watching reels all day long. Now I'm obviously don't have the time to watch the entirety of someone's reel. But what I do, and I think what the majority of us do, is we watch the first few seconds, and they've already passed the are they physically right for it. So now I'm just looking for are they good after. You know, so I'm, I've, I've, we've had mixed people on. I think on, you're the on first the one to say that. Uh, Stop it. I, 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 well, they, they've looked, the others look at the reel too, but when they do, like it's been more of like first I narrow it down, and then I take like the, whatever number I choose based on the headshots. Then I look at their reels after that. Headshots could be from 10 years ago. They could be overly Photoshopped. I, I mean, we can't cast off headshots. You can't cast... Headshots tell us what the actor looks like, and that's an important tool for us. But the only tool out of the headshot resume and reel that shows us how they can act is their reel. Um, and when you're talking about TV and how quickly it moves... And before quarantine, how much content was out there and how many new streaming platforms and how much work there was available to everybody, which is a great thing. A lot of times we're working on multiple shows and we're busy. And then we have sessions for four hours. Then we come back and there's even more submissions and there's a thousand email pitches and the phones ring. We have to be efficient with our time, you know, and the best way to do that is to make sure that we're bringing in actors with ability. Yeah. before you know spending six hours in a session because i didn't take a closer look at their reel that's something that i probably maybe took with me from april and, and erica and and they're very I, I, that's just how i learned that like you you always when you release a breakdown you always watch reels that's how you know who to bring in you know that, that's, um, a, that, that's good to hear because like we've like i said we've had mixed on that like some people don't look very much and they just go first on look or they narrow it down first, then they look at the reel. So that's, that's good to know actually for actors too. So my follow-up question to that would be, when you're looking at these reels, like how would you prefer them to look? Like would you have it like drama, comedy, or mm -hmm. small 30 second clips? Like what's ideal? What, so I have very specific opinions about this because it gets asked a lot. And you have to remember, again, just putting yourself in our situation with the thousands of submissions that we're going through. When you pull up someone's profile and they have a list of like 
four to 10 clips and there's no full reel up there, like what do you click on first? Right. It can get really overwhelming, you know? And like, I don't know what like sobbing mother, you know, um, means. I don't know what overwhelmed doctor, like I don't really know what that means. It could be a comedy, it could be drama. I have to watch it to know what it means and I don't know where to click first. And what happens with separate clips is that you risk someone watching the wrong clip and then moving on. Yep. Whereas when you have a full constructed reel and it's constructed with your best stuff first, as it always should be, and you're watching strength and ability, and then I'm clicking forward and watching a few seconds of each clip, and then every time I'm clicking forward, I see something really interesting, I see some really strong acting ability, then, then they're going to come in. Now, that's not to say that I'm against separate clips. I think that they serve two different purposes. I think your reel is what gets you in the door, and then what's really nice is we do use your the reel and the and the you know, the footage, the clips, that material to supplement the audition to help sell you to get the job to the producers, to the studio, to the network. And it is nice in that scenario to be able to pick and choose which clips I think will work better for that role. But in terms of auditioning and getting in the room, I, I have seen a correlation between actors who maybe don't go in as much who don't have a full constructed reel because again, they you risk someone clicking on the wrong thing and then moving on. I've seen it happen with my colleagues next to me with actors I'm familiar with and they're not, and they're talking out loud and they're like, Oh, I don't know about this person. And I'm like, wait, I know that that guy, he's, he's perfect for it. He's like, no, I watched this one clip and I'm like, well, you watched the wrong one, you know, but he didn't have a full reel. So she just didn't know like what to click on first. That's, in, that's interesting. That's good to know because there's so much mixed, that is yeah. uh, so would maybe ideal because i know with submissions everything we can click which clips we want to attach and stuff like that um, yeah would, would it would maybe the ideal scenario be like you got one long drama reel one long comedic reel and then maybe little clips yeah that's perfectly fine the only time that i would ever separate is by genre so while i love to watch comedy love to laugh for the majority majority of the shows that I work on, I don't need to see comedy and I need to, again, work as efficiently as possible. So I just need to see drama, you know? Um, and so it is really nice to be able to separate that out versus the series that I worked on right before this was a comedy. And I was really just looking for people with strong comedic ability. Um, and so I was watching those comedic reels and it was just really nice to be able to get exactly what I needed from that and not have to like click on one click. And it's just a matter of seconds too, which sounds silly. But you know, when you're working, you use shortcuts on your computer to like work quickly and to just open up a clip and it's just like not the right one, you close it out and then you maybe you choose this one and just to be able to click on one thing, skip forward, done, go to the next one. It's just so much more efficient. That's, yeah, that's actually one of those things again that is so, there's so much misinformation because so many people say, oh, I have like 10 separate clips of 20 seconds up and whatever is the role, you'll attach to that clip or whatever they say. And uh, But your, your answer honestly, logically to me makes more sense. Because it's like, I've thought about that too. And I get the point of clips, but there's good stuff on that too. But like you said, if it says weeping mutter, whatever. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. It's like, and when it's just like, and, but if it says drama reel, comedy. Yeah, I know what that is. Clips, then at least it's very clear yeah. what everything is. Let me say one other thing about separate clips is I think when people are talking about specific clips, especially when you're submitting them like, oh, this is a weeping mother role. I'm going to submit my weeping mother clip. Sure. But like the majority of the role, roles out there do recur, 
you know, and we need more than just that one scene. Like, I just need to see your acting ability. Like I can think of you for a million different roles, but like, especially when you're talking about a recurring co-star, a recurring guest star, and especially a series regular, like I just got to see ability and I have to see range because I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode. I don't know if many times they change the whole script and boom, now they have three more scenes that I didn't, like I, you know, so it's just much more important for me to be able to see the actor's ability versus, okay, great. I see that they know Dr. Jargon. So I'm going to cast them as, it's just, it, you know, I think that they, they think that's how we cast, but our minds are, are much more broad. <laughs> I have a follow-up question to that. Let's say there's like a newer actor in town and he doesn't have a full reel. Would you recommend they put on like high quality self tapes? Are those upon or what is your opinion on those? Yeah. So, you know, that's been a longstanding question and I think it used to be, um, a lot of different opinions about this, but what I have always advocated for is exactly what you said, putting a really great scene on tape and self tape format. And the reason for this is because, and I'm sure Greg, that you've done this before. A lot of the pitches that I get from agents and managers are self tapes. So, you know, if they don't have applicable material, um, they're sending me like, Hey, they, they, she doesn't really have anything that fits us, but check out this recent self tape she did and I'll watch it. And it was great. And she's totally the vibe that they're going for and I'll bring her in. So I'm watching self tapes anyway, in the form of a pitch. And, and it's just about being able to see that actor's ability before we bring them in. And I think, you know, moving towards this more like modern digital age, a lot of casting directors are being able to, um, just reason with that and accept that. And, and I'll, certainly the casting directors that I work with are huge advocates for it. You know, um, one thing I'll say is actors will say, well, should I do a self tape or should I go shoot something myself? You know, and there's no rule to that, but here's what I'll say. Again, putting yourself in our shoes and watching these thousands of submissions when you're doing like a long essay or you have a really big task, it's really easy to get distracted, right? Like when, when you're watching and watching and watching, like it's so easy to get yourself out of it and just want to move on to the next person. So if you're going to shoot something on your own and your only means of doing so is like in your studio apartment with like your iPhone and it's kind of acoustic and you can't really see anything really well. And like the angles are kind of weird. Like I'm just going to like be, I, I'm going to be distracted by that. I'm going to want to move on. You know, um, there's nothing against shooting your own stuff, but I think just bring that distraction factor as small as possible. So you certainly don't have to go out and spend a lot of money to put on a full production. A self tape is just as viable. That's good to hear. You know? There are so many of these actors that ask that question and it's like, should I go to this production company and pay yeah. X amount yeah, of thousands of dollars? And, and on, yeah. and the production's fine. It's good. But yeah. the material's not amazing a lot of times. Yeah. And it's just whatever. And, and sometimes it doesn't like do their acting justice. So then it's like, well, at least with the self-tapes, you're doing your acting. You have justice. more control. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm, I don't, I'm, I am not against any of these options. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing that I'm really against is, is you shooting something like, you know, on the, on the courtyard and it's like jumpy and it's distracting, you know, whatever. Um, and, and you can go and, and pay all this money for those. No one's saying you can't do that, 
but there, there are things, you know, money is something to consider. Um, the actors who you're acting with are generally actors who are doing it for free in exchange for real footage. So then they sometimes try to overpower you or not try to, but it happens. Um, you are at the disposal of their writing, their, you know, production value, all of these things. So again, not against it, but just things to consider when a self tape is free and it's a totally viable option and you choose the material. And I think that's something that's so, so hugely powerful for actors because how often do you get to choose a role that really resonates with you? You know, usually you, you're thrown this role and you have to make it the best thing that anyone's ever seen. You don't always get the opportunity to pick something that has really speaks to you that really inspires you and that you can really, really connect with. That's so, that's so true. And I, I noticed it, I kind of stumbled upon a little bit what you're saying. Um, because like I, with him, he actually has like a reel and everything, but he once had like this self tape. I think it was walking dead or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. And, uh, the self tape was just amazing. You know, it was just mm-hmm. an amazing audition. And as yeah. I was, you know what? And the quality was amazing because it was like a very fresh yeah. 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 shoots these like super cinematic self yeah. now that it looks really beautiful. Yeah. That's incredible. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're like better yeah. than see some of these productions. And then anyway, he, uh, so I started using that because I just thought, looks great. Why not use that? And it was mm-hmm. way better pitching that than the reel was, to be honest. Yep, yep. And you get to do all these like really cool scenes and parts that like you yeah. might not get on your reel. Because if yeah. you have co-stars on your reel and stuff, you know, you have yeah. some nice scenes with some actors, but they, the other actor gets the really juicy stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. But with, mm-hmm. with the self-tape, you get... I mean, I've got like a, a database of 150 self-tapes or something. That's right awesome. There. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many self-tapes that agents and managers have sent to me in the form of pitches, and I have brought them in because of that self-tape, and they book the role. Um, not because of that self-tape they did prior, but because they're a great actor who did a great job in the room, and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't seen the self-tape that the agent had sent me. So, well, like, if we're saying that's okay, then who, like, let's throw the rules out the window you know i think actors tend to think of a reel as like a a showcase of their like editing skills or like or or like a reel that you see at like the academy awards where it's like really flashy and like that's not what it's for though you know like i i don't care about your editing schools i'm just looking for acting and i think a lot of times we forget that it's so funny like hearing you say this and then just somebody other time actually said in, with the self tape, some similar things, mm-hmm. and it made me rethink even some of the things that I want out of my actors. You mm-hmm. know, like because sometimes like they'll have their reels up and they'll have actual productions that they didn't pay for, but it's like maybe like student film or it's something like yeah, all like ULB thing that wasn't great, and they'll put yeah. that up just to have something up. But now I think to myself, just to have something up actually can hurt. Nope, it's so yes, it can. It absolutely can. Yeah, I mean, leave leave us wanting more. that's that's the key thing have you know less is more quality over quantity always 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 if you have like a short reel and maybe one extra clip whatever your situation is but it's only the best of the best that you've ever done and it's really interesting and really great work we're going to want to see that person you know but you risk if you put everything up there that you've done and you risk someone watching maybe for lack of a better word, your, your weaker material, then they're going to say, oh, there's probably someone better, better out there. That's so good to hear this. I, even for me, honestly. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's just good to hear because I feel like sometimes we all get in this trap of like, I want to make sure I'm showing all my types and then I'm showing all <laughs> my material. But it's like, if it's not very good, even if it's yeah. good, that's not good. 
Yeah, because there's a million other people with way better footage out there. And so what matters more, you know, having just a 30 seconds of just incredible acting. Um, and then you have this other actor who has three minutes of great acting, but like, I'll bring in this actor, but I also really want to meet this actor, you know? Yeah. That's good. You get, you gave me like some other, like I was already thinking like moving towards that a little bit, but also hearing that just makes mm -hmm. me want to even edit harder yeah yeah a lot of stuff and just be like yeah. i'd rather have just two great clips yeah other stuff yeah so, yeah this is Absolutely. the exact reason that we're doing this podcast is to mm -hmm. clear up so much things like this is even the last 10 minutes has been absolute solid gold what you just yeah. just gave because there's so much I, I can't tell you how many different opinions and acting classes you get mm -hmm. on real companies and and it usually costs a lot of money to yeah. get a lot of stuff done yeah. and and it gets super confusing, but it's just yeah, like, I know. it logically makes sense what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's not even that mm -hmm. it's like groundbreaking, but it's just, we get <laughs> so much stuff from so many people. Yeah. And I have this theory that the reason for that is because this career that actors have chosen, you don't feel like you have a lot of control in it. So coming up with all these rules and like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. It makes them feel like they have something tangible that they can control yeah. to get them, you know, when it's really just about trusting and the work. Cause that's, that's not something like actors are like, what's the secret? What's the secret? There's no secret, you know, there, there's no there, special combination. Um, and that's sometimes hard to hear, you know, um, that is hard that's really good i feel like that's something that everyone will be able to use us as well um cool. you want to kind of go from there to what a successful pitch i mean you kind of gave mm -hmm. it already with the self-tapes but what does like a good pitch look like and are you one of those people that rather has email or phone or like how does your process work yeah so again when you kind of think about you know, a typical day when we're in session all day and then we're in session, we come back to hundreds of unread emails and then we have to focus on setting up the next session and then our producers call. It, it just, the phone is ringing off the hook. And for me, you can have the most stellar phone pitch I, I've ever heard in my life, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to need to see the material, yeah. you know? So I'm sure you hear this a lot. Like you're pitching someone and they're like, cool, want to send me this material? I mean, that's how it's going to end anyway. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, I do look at every single email pitch. Okay. So I, I do feel like that's part of my responsibility, you know? So um, I'm going to look at it anyway. So if you save yourself the phone call, just send a really great email pitch because um, that's all I'm going to ask for. You know, it's like you can say yada, yada, yada. He won the Heath Ledger Award and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool, send me his material. That's, that's what I'm going to say anyway. And then I see it. And I think for me, the main thing is just to not, and, I, and I'm sure you don't do this, but some, you know, some agents do where they send their entire roster and it's sort of just like throwing darts at the dartboard to see what sticks. And they're not really tailoring their submission to the role. And the other side of it is when they're pushing the same person for every single role. And I get that you believe in this person. I get that there's some sort of something on the line between the two of you clearly, but like they're not going to be right for every role. Right. You know, um, so I really have a lot of respect for the agents who are, again, just like being an intentional actor, being an intentional, intentional agent who um, really thinks about their submissions and only, you know, pitches the people who they really think are right for this and who really have a shot for this. And really, that pitch will just look like short and simple and just say, hey, I, these are a couple people who I really think I would love for you to take a look at, you know. 
here's their headshot um, and their reel. Um, and if you want to put a little nice blurb in there, fine, but that's all you need. You know, just, uh, just keep it simple and short so yeah. you can yeah. easily scan through it and just take a look because you don't have yeah. that, you guys get I know you guys get a lot of emails too yeah but it's like just keep it simple so you can just boom yeah. boom next yeah I mean the worst that I, I've seen pitches where they the, literally they write the entire email in the subject line and they just say hey will you please see Bobby for this he's so great please and I'm like Bobby who? Like, where is his reel? Like, on, what role are you talking about? Like, come on, like, we, we have, we have to have someone of a good memory up here, but like, you gotta give me a little bit more than that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no way you can remember a lot of these, like, people. Yeah. Uh, frequently. It's actually, yeah. You know, on, you know yeah. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby's in black. You yeah. Know? You know, you know who I'm talking Bobby about. So, <laughs> a little question, changing it up a little bit. What's like, since I know casting's just like really almost at all the entertainment jobs, it's kind of no schedule, it's hectic, it goes mm -hmm. everywhere. How do you balance that? Because I know you said you have, you have a four-year-old. So how do you balance mm -hmm. all that kind of with your personal life and just the, the, where the schedule just goes all over the place? <laughs> well, certainly right now I have no freaking clue. <laughs> <laughs> like if anyone has any tips out there, let me know. Like right now I'm still trying to figure out, you know, balancing work and homeschool and I have a four-year-old and I have a nine-month-old and it's, it's a lot. Um, but generally I try to give myself boundaries, you know, um, yes, it can seem like the industry doesn't close for the day. And there is an element that will always be true to that. Um, we're always on our emails, but I've tried to be really good lately. I mean, you know, pre all of this to at a certain point, you know, not checking my emails. Um, and usually that's when I get home, um, after the kids are asleep, that's sort of like me time, you know, and I, I, I have to do that. You know, I, I, earlier in my career, especially before kids, I would, if my boss emailed me at, you know, 6am, I would immediately wake up and start like dealing with it. Yeah. You know, even if it wasn't a big deal and it wasn't an emergency and it, be dealt with later so I guess it's just I've really learned to have boundaries um and make priorities for family but right now just yeah now it's right now it's just bonkers <laughs> I, I like what you said about like 6 a.m and then you were like reacting basically because it puts you in a reactive state you know what I mean yeah and I yeah. kind of try to do the same now too because it's so easy to get into that and just be like yeah. on the phone the whole time and you just yes. anxious and stuff so like yeah. I try to do the same where the first hour of my day pretty much is without technology. I love that. You know I, mean? I love that. Just like reading a little bit, maybe journaling, meditate, whatever. I kind of do that morning mm -hmm. with no technology. Because I feel yeah. it was just like gets you all, you know. I think that we all need to do that. And I, in the past few years, I've noticed that um, I, I once was on, I, this didn't happen to me. I was on an email chain where someone else from the office had emailed um, an agent over the weekend and the agent said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to address this. It's the weekend. You know, it's Saturday. Like, let's talk about this on Monday. And I was like, I respect that. You know, like, <laughs> we should all have, it's, it's not life or death. I, I respect that too. I like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, yes, I get pitches over the weekends too. And I'm not mad about it, but I'm not going to respond to it. And I'm not going to look at it. it, you know, especially if it's like, I understand sometimes you're really swamped during the week and you just want to get out some of the things on your to-do list. That's fine. But I think that the more we all respect each other, the more it will just be the norm 
yeah. you know, because I think that back in the day, like, there was this expectation that like we, we work always. That's not Hollywood, you know, it never stops. But yeah. like we do have personal lives and work isn't everything. And speaking of that, like, what's, what's something that you like to do, kind of, you know, when you're not working, also your kids is like, that's a full-time job right mm -hmm. there by itself. So the, I guess the little yeah. time that you do have, what's something yeah. you like to do? Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty simple. I, I just, I like to be out in nature. So especially I love the beach. Um, so it's been hard lately, you know, with, with that closed, but um, just being outdoors is just really kind of centers me. Um, and yeah, I am not. I wouldn't say hiker. I just like to be like out in nature, especially near the ocean. The ocean's kind of my happy place. So any, like, I, I could never live more than like, I know I sound so spoiled when I say this, but I could never live more than like 20 minutes. <laughs> from the beach it's just like that's my that's my place that's my happy place that, there's a nice I just went uh, I, I'm like that too especially if it's like nature views because it's just like mm -hmm. calming yeah so I just went like a couple of days ago to see this uh this viewpoint on Santa Monica you should check out if you haven't been okay like right on the bluffs and and you can see the whole beach and like all Santa oh. Monica it's a really beautiful view and it's so it's really pretty it's really nice yeah I I heard that they're supposed to be opening up the beaches. I heard that soon. Too. Or, or are they already open? I think tomorrow they were going to open them up with like all these rules and stuff. But oh like, my gosh, it's kind of scary, but it is. It is. I don't know if I would go right away. I know. <laughs> I, I I'll wait a little bit. So then I want to kind of switch gears a little bit again and uh, ask you if there's ever been like something that was maybe a perceived failure because you know failure is subjective, but something yeah. that went you know, that at the time you thought like, oh, this is tough, or this makes me question this, that actually turned into like, oh, this was a great thing. You know, maybe in the beginning of your career when you were maybe- Yeah. I think it's kind of what I had just said with not setting my boundaries um, and taking every little mistake and, and like taking that into my sleep, <laughs> you know? Um, and just not letting it go and, and prioritizing, you know, what matters and what doesn't. Um, so I used to do that a lot. You know, I, I might, um, you know, I, I've certainly learned to just be overly cautious because there are high expectations in this industry for everyone to kind of be right. You know, um, you kind of hear that a lot is, oh, well, I, so-and-so said this, it wasn't me, you know, like no, no one wants to take blame for anything around here. Um, but just knowing that we're all human. And um, I think that the, like each little mistake has just led to understanding that it, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're just making up stories. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And I think what has helped has been working with people who feel that way also. Mm -hmm. So there has been, I actually, now I'm thinking of this time. It's actually really funny now. I don't even know if I should like tell the exact story. I'll, I'll like tell a vague story, a vague version of it. Uh, but it was like a wardrobe mistake with like an actor um, who needed to be fitted earlier and we didn't know, but someone had told us and like they got the costume made, you know, like it was no, it was no big deal. Yeah. But I just remember in that office, 
um, the, it was like the assistant who was like affected by it. And he was like really stressed out about it. And the casting director was just like, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and, and so she like defended him and like, it happens, you know, like there was miscommunication basically. It was what happened. Um, and so I just, I really love that. I, I want to, you know, surround myself with people like that who understand that, you know, we all take our jobs seriously. Um, but it's, again, we're not, we're not, it's not life or death, not life or death you know, it's and not I, life or death. It's not life or and death. I, and I tell my actors that too, like you can be both yeah. professional, yeah. still not take it so seriously. Yes. They're not mutually yes. exclusive things. I think yeah. people yeah. think if you're being so serious about your career, you must be professional. No, it's just for yeah. life. You know, it's, it's yeah. not that serious, you know? Yeah. So one of Absolutely. our um, questions, switching gears again, is if there was any other profession in the world that you could do, like get a genie with a magic lamp, <laughs> would there be a... <laughs> love asking. I don't want to be a genie. That'd be nice. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I like these wishes. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I've always loved the ocean. So but growing up, I always had this, like marine biologist idea in the back of my, my mind, which is so yeah. funny because I've actually heard a lot of people say that. Um, I always thought I was like very unique in this like <laughs> marine biology dream. And then I've heard a lot of people say this too. Um, but I do, I, I like just really am fascinated by the ocean and it just, just really makes me happy. But the other side of it is I also really enjoy interior design. So that's always like sort of in the back of my mind. I mean, I haven't done anything with that thought um but i love it like i live for hgtv and joanna games and, and all that stuff so <laughs> love that show what was it called marie kondo Maria oh kondo. yeah 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 uh the yeah i don't know what the show is called but she wrote the life-changing magic of tidying up oh yeah yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah definitely read that great great book um <laughs> yeah wife, no, no. his wife and you would get along really well she's very really? <laughs> interior design she loves and, all yeah, that. Yeah. i love it i love it it's it's so fun yeah <laughs> we got one more question for you um okay i guess it's two parts because we also want to hear about the, what we talked about earlier the casting director's cut mm -hmm. um and we also want to hear like if there's something that you would like to say to actors that's like just like a last piece of advice or even just like a last piece of advice during this time yeah, yeah. in general uh but let's first start with the uh the casting director's cut if you can tell us a little bit about that yeah so it really just started based on what we were talking about earlier where you know we wa i was watching reels all day long and something that actors would ask me a lot was hey, could you take a look at my reel and just let me know your thoughts? And I do like to do things like that when I have the time for it. Um, sometimes I'm really busy and I can't, but some, if I have a, an extra moment, I'm happy to help out when I can. So I would do that a lot and they would say, hey, I just got my reel edited. Can you let me know? And I would have some advice for them, you know? And then they would write me back and say, oh, okay, cool. I, I just got it edited. So I guess I'll save that note for next time. I'm like, well, you asked me my opinion, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to give you some construction if I, if I feel like you, you need some advice. Um, so this was happening a lot and it kind of just dawned on me like someone, it was just this one evening an actor sent me this reel and it was just, um, so wrong. And I, and I hate to say the word wrong because there's 
not like a right and wrong way, but it was just, it was like basically a full montage. I couldn't see any actual acting in there. Um, it, it just, it, it needed a lot of notes, you know? And so I was just like, you know, he, he just got this edited and this is just complete opposite advice of what I would give him. So I, I, I told him everything I thought. And I was, and I remember just saying out loud, I wish there was a way I could consult with these actors before they go and get it edited, mm. you know? And that's kind of when the light bulb went off and I talked to a lot of different, you know, a lot of my colleagues that are a part of this. And we, we just sat and we talked about it and we said, and you know, again, I wish there was a way where we could look at all of the actors footage you know, everything that they want to show us and go through it very differently than how we would go through a regular demo reel where we skip forward and watch a few seconds of everything, but like go through it with a casting director mind and just extract the best seconds, the best moments and put it together that would make the most sense for us so that when we watch it, we say, wow, that's a really great, interesting actor, you know? Um, because there's so many, again, there's so many rules out there and, and you hear this and hear that, but at the end of the day, only casting directors know what casting directors are looking for. So, um, that's when this, this started. And unfortunately we decided to do this. Like <laughs> it, we launched it March 11th. <laughs> yeah. Right, right after Corona. Great timing. <laughs> great timing. Great timing. But um, I've, I've tried to use that time instead to, you know, connect with actors and, and be present on social media and try to just like talk a lot of the, about these truths and, um, answer their questions and things like that. So that's been really rewarding. Um, but you know, we're, we're still, there are, we are still, still working on some reels and that's a nice thing. So there's a consultation aspect. So they, they upload all of their footage, um, and we watch everything. And then we talk to them about it. We say what's working and what's not. And then we then edit it. Um, I give our editor timestamps and everything. And I, and I just extract those best moments, those best meets, best beats, um, and construct something that makes them look their best, really. You know, because so, that's the whole key. Just so I can clarify. So they, they basically send you the reel. Yes. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. already made reel. And they can. They can. They can do that. I but just send you clips. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can do both if they want. Most of them send everything. That, some people are like, I, I don't know anymore. You know, I'm getting so much conflicting information. They'll send 20 clips, you know. Like, um, and, I have got like some guys that like have so much material. So where's the limit in, in what they can send? So usually I would say, you know, if, if you're at a point in your career where you're booking a lot, like obviously probably don't send that very first, like no budget short film that you did eight years ago, you know, like use your best job. Like if you don't really want it in your reel, don't upload it, you know, but I like there was, there was, um, a girls today who I was just working on and she had, she uploaded, um, 14 clips, but all, she had way more than that, but all 14 of them, they were amazing. Right. And so we talked for a long time about what her issue has been and what the certain roles that she wants to go out for. So we worked together and we watched everything and, you know, we just, it was, it's a lot to go through, but we, again, we're just taking those strongest moments and creating something that when we go back and watch it, say, if I were to see that, I would say, Oh, that's a really interesting, strong actor. I definitely want to meet her. And with, sorry to cut you off again. Uh, the casting director, this is more dynamic. This is what it was like. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I Every time I watch 
<laughs> you be quiet, you. <laughs> you impress me. So what I was going to ask, married couple. the casting director's cut, I heard you saying we, so is, is it yours or is it like yeah. a relation of people? Or, or, yeah, or? so I, I essentially came up with the idea. So you could say I'm the founder or whatever, um, but it, it's, there, there's the different consultants involved um, are, it's myself, Erica Silverman-Bream, Jessica Sherman, Becky Silverman, Kara Shute-Rosenbaum. Um, and we are kind of the consultants involved with the, the real side. Um, it's been a little bit slower right now. So it's really just down to the first available person because we all have, uh, have this ability. Now for them to yeah. like do that though. Yeah. Because right now, A, you guys are obviously with super busy. Like you wouldn't yeah. even have a project. Yeah. For the actor side, this is like the, like the only thing that you can still do is like prepare your marketing materials. When yes. Ready. Yes, oh, exactly. I mean, just super valuable because you get it straight from the source. Exactly. Of, yeah. My biggest, because we actually interviewed Kara Toot last week. We just had Kara. Oh, I love her. We just had her. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, yeah. The greatest thing is that you get it from the source. So that seems like a yeah. super, super valuable service. Yeah. Probably you're going to look it up like right after. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's been, you know, I mean, my intention was, you know, it, it came from a place where I felt like it was needed because there was just this, this big disconnect. Yeah. between the reels that were given to us and the reels that we need and the reels that we need to to be able to want to bring you in and the reels that we need to sell you to our creative team and the studio and the networks you know idea like i like that's something i want to share with all my actors too this because this makes for me more logical sense because mm -hmm. there's a lot of companies out there i'm sure yeah but it's like yeah like logically why not get it from the source and where yeah. it matters so like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you do it that way? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love that idea. So is like, where do they need to go to mm -hmm. apply or to um, like- I have one more question. Uh, would yeah. actors, like, self, Cause I'm very interested right now myself. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. would actors then also upload self tape clips as part mm -hmm. of this stuff or would it be? Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, they, they upload everything. So I've actually, we've worked with an actress who didn't have any footage whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, she had just graduated from school. She had never shot anything before. <laughs> And so, you know, we're not trying to kid anyone. We're not trying to be deceitful in every way. So what we did is I, I took a look at her self-tapes. I actually, if an actor is lacking something, I'll assign them a self-tape and I'll give them a scene from a show that I've worked on. I'll give them acting notes, character notes. Um, I'll give them a whole one page on, on how to self-tape it. And then they'll bring it back um, and I'll take just the, the very best seconds out of that. And what we did with her is I gave her some additional scenes to tape. I gave her some notes. She retaped those scenes. And then we kind of looked at all of that together. And what we did is we just created a reel that just said selection of self-tapes. I know it's not a full reel. It's not a, a real thing. But that's what she has to offer right now. And everyone has to start somewhere. She has to book something. And eventually she can phase out those self-tapes with that actual produced footage. But this is what she has to offer right now. And that's fine. And we're calling it what it is. It's a selection of self-tapes. You know, we're not saying it's a real and then we open it up and it's not a real we're just you know calling it what it is i love that because you know in general like on the manager agent side a lot of times we're helping them with mm -hmm. managers are helping mm -hmm. with choosing their reels and what to yeah. and stuff yeah it's like i like doing that it's fine but it's mm -hmm. like at the end of the day i'm not casting so it's mm -hmm. like I'm going off my subjective feeling and what i think is right and exactly like I always tell actors, I prefer stuff like this. It's just like, mm -hmm. I, it's just like acting choices. I'm not mm -hmm. going to coach my actors and tell them like, this is how you should go across. I don't yeah. know. I'm not an actor and I'm not an acting. Right. Actor. You know what right. I mean? So like, right. I, 
So it's nice to get it from the source like that. And it's very valuable to mm -hmm. get it done like that. I know it's such a struggle for actors sometimes to be like, you know, some of them just get overwhelmed. They're just like, you know what? I don't even know. What it is watch, overwhelming you know? though. It's overwhelming. And it's a struggle for us. Like watching these reels. I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. <laughs> like I hate to say it this way, but it, it's been a struggle. And so my intention was to hope to, you know, sort of maybe create some form of a standard to say, hey, you know, these montages that you're putting in, all that does is frustrate us and cause us to skip forward to find what we really need and, and to just be able to express what it is that we need. Yeah. You know, that was sort of my hope and intention so that we can all work more efficiently together. Yeah, I love it. So where do they go for it? It's just the castingdirectorscut.com. All of the options are, are on there. There's a little video on there that kind of explains everything that I just kind of talked about. And you'll hear from all the different casting directors involved too. So the castingdirectorscut.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well so they can yeah, just find the link it. there. Um, and I think you mentioned you had a special link maybe for people that are listening. That Yes. Them. Yeah. So um, I think we said it was breaking through 10. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, so just check out the show notes mm -hmm. um, and then you can go there, get a little discount, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, and then get that real made because honestly, like it's really all that's you can do mm -hmm. right now. It's not much yeah. Else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're saying what can actors do right now? That that's definitely something, but also um, now is I was talking to an actress the other day who said, I have been doing more acting now than I have like, ever, you know, because they're, first of all, with all these challenges that are going on and they're doing, they're, they're putting on, uh, they're, they're choosing scenes to put on tape in self-tape format for their reel, or they're just kind of experimenting. They're practicing self-taping because that's kind of a muscle in itself, self-taping. And especially because it's going to be such a huge thing right now, they're focusing on that. They're, they're trying out new scenes. They're trying out lighting. They're trying out different backdrops. Yeah. They're finding, um, groups of actors of like five to six that they can all depend on each other as readers and just say, Hey, going out of this, like, do you want to be in my acting reader group? So that anytime someone needs a reader for a self tape, they've got one, you know, those are all really great things that actors can be doing to focus on right now. Yeah. I love, yeah. I, I love that. that. That's great. So we're going to get them going to that link. Whoever wants to check that out, really worth it. And the last thing with the very last question, what's something that you would like to tell actors right now or something that could help them or just, you know, whatever you're thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really easy to be overwhelmed with all of the offerings on social media right now and everything online. And I was talking to someone the other day who was just like, just feeling really overwhelmed by it. And she felt like it was almost a test, like, because she didn't do this one challenge, she, you know, failed that day or, or whatever. And, and I just really encourage actors to know that we are solely doing this, like, for you. And it's definitely not a test. And your mental health comes first. And to only choose the things that you're really excited about doing or that you want to do. Um, and that going out for a walk is just as important as doing that monologue open call, you know? Um, so I just say your mental health is important and taking care of yourself is always number one and to not stress about all of these things. 
Um, and to also just remember that it might seem scary and, and uncertain right now, but I think what we can all say for certain is that the industry is not going anywhere. You know, it's, it's not collapsing or figuring it out. It might take some time, but it will 100% still be here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's great advice. Uh, that's, that's very true. Right? And especially the part where um, you say that, like a lot of actors sometimes feel guilt or overwhelmed mm-hmm. with like, Oh, I need to do every like t- yeah. take this. You don't need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't. You know, if you, if you want to, if you have all the time in the world and you're loving it, go for it. If you have kids and you're still working your day job, then choose a couple, you know, there's a really great quarantine newsletter out there right now. Really? <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's this actress, Jenna Doolittle, who does, she does the actor's quarantine oh, I newsletter. Know, I know quite well, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's the most thorough, organized thing I have ever seen in my life. And it's nice because she organizes everything by category. She doesn't miss a beat. And it's kind of nice because then you can, you get it nightly and then you can just like highlight or circle and just pick and choose the things that speak to you, you know, and that way you can just say, oh, okay, it's like your newsletter. This is, or your newspaper. This is what I want to do today. And you know what, today I'm going to skip out today. I'm just going to like go on a hike and do nothing. And that's fine too. Yeah. She's very thorough. She's putting a lot of work into that one. Yeah, she has. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. It was really amazing hearing all things. We got a lot of gold nuggets out of that, especially <laughs> really it was, valuable. It was, yeah. I mean, yeah. this was packed with Good. great, great, great information. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. And we'll keep an eye out on whenever the obviously projects get going again. We'll keep an yeah. eye on the projects and what's coming yeah. and what's happening. And uh, yeah, okay. wish you the best too. And that, uh, you know, survive quarantine with the kids <laughs> thank <laughs> you thank you you guys too stay safe thanks Take care. Bye. Right. bye thanks for listening to today's episode please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have <laughs>